you can see how there are so many different factors in the French diet that make it overall a better diet for staying healthy and fit. But again, if you go and you compare a healthy diet in both the U.S. and France... The Life of a Bon Vivant, Manifesting Your Paris Dreams and More. I'm your host, Bita Hashampour. This podcast is designed to inspire, elevate, and help you step into the abundant life you deserve, whether that's in Paris or anywhere else in the world. Bonjour and welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Bon Vivant podcast. This week, I wanted to talk about this concept of you are what you eat. And there's actually a whole Netflix documentary that is, I believe, titled exactly that. Um, And I think it adds to the title something like a twin experiment because the documentary focuses on an experiment done with twins and measuring basically their health through uh, specific diets. So we'll get into that in just a second. But this episode was uh, basically inspired by watching that documentary. And to be fair, I have to say that I've only watched half of the documentary. There's, I believe, four episodes total, and I've watched two of them. And I normally don't watch these kind of documentaries because I think that they are often made with a sort of, if you can even call it a hidden agenda, because it usually becomes fairly obvious. But there's usually an agenda behind the documentary that isn't plainly stated. So let me just elaborate. I want to say quickly that I know we've discussed the French diet versus American diet on this podcast before. But I wanted to bring a different angle of it that I don't think we've really gone into because it is that time of the year where everyone is contemplating some kind of diet or really focused on their health. And in general, I think in the science community, there's a lot of talk about diet and health and also environmental impact or effects, I should say, of our diet. So I think it's a timely discussion to have too. But let's just quickly cover what this documentary is. It's a documentary on Netflix. And like I said, what they're doing is they're taking some twins because twins tend to have the closest uh, like DNA and uh, gut microbiome and just like overall health profile than let's say you know, two strangers or even two regular sisters, not twins. So what they've done is they've taken these twins and they've given one of the twins a vegan diet and one of the twins a um, meat diet or carnivore diet. And I think that it's really interesting to 
to kind of see this because they are twins. And so you'll notice when you're watching this documentary that a lot of the twins, they look pretty much exactly the same in terms of like makeup and profile of their body. And they basically do tests on them to measure their, um, all the vitals and the actual fat in their body and where that fat is, like the percentage of fat. I thought that was smart and uh, very logical of them to do because a lot of times in the past, doctors have just used BMI to measure a person's fat content or how healthy they are. And it's not a very accurate measurement versus when you measure a person's actual body fat and you look at that, you can compare, okay, how much muscle do they have? How much fat? So if someone weighs, you know, 140 pounds, you can figure out how much of that is actual fat and how much of that is muscle mass. So um, really interesting to see that. But I thought what was interesting about the discussion other than the fact that I believe the documentary was made with the agenda to really promote a vegan diet, um, because it was funded uh, by a vegan um, organization, which nothing wrong with the vegan diet. I just think sometimes these documentaries, like I said, have a inherent bias. But uh, what was interesting was that they cover a lot of the environmental effects of the American diet and how our farming practices are affecting the earth and the climate. And I thought that was really interesting. And even uh, I think communities, lower income communities, minority communities and how they're affected, which obviously doesn't get discussed about very much at all uh, in the media. The focus is usually on just our weight and like obesity and risk for diabetes, cardiovascular disease and all of that. Uh, So it was really interesting to watch it for that. Um, But also just it cemented this idea of even when you are attempting to eat healthy in the United States by having fish, lean protein, um, you know, whatever it is, greens, grains, (laughs) vegetables, fruits, all of the above, right? You're like avoiding red meat as much as you can, really avoiding processed meat, sausages, you know, all the the yummy breakfast stuff, bacon, (laughs) breakfast sausage, all that stuff. When you're trying to be a healthy person and really watch your consumption, it can still be a struggle in the U.S. And I can say that too from personal experience as someone who has always been very conscious of her health and her weight. And as much as I'm a foodie and I love to cook and love to eat and go out and try new restaurants, the fact is that I feel like I am a pretty healthy consumer, and yet um, it still requires so much thought and like conscious effort to be aware throughout my day of what I'm eating versus when I'm in France. And I feel so much more relaxed. I'm not as diligent, and yet my health has been better in some ways when I've lived in France. 
And I think that this documentary that I watched, the reason it inspired this episode was because it brought up this idea again of just food quality. So, you know, we all know that eating the American diet, often known as like a sad diet, (laughs) where it's filled with high fat, high sodium, highly processed foods is not good for you. Like you don't need to tell someone that fast food is bad for them. They know. Um, You don't need to tell someone that eating lots of processed cheese and fried foods and, you know, um, sugary cakes and breads and cookies, all of that is going to make you gain weight if you have it in excess. So nobody, it's not like any brand new information, right? But I think what's interesting is when you compare someone who's having, like I said, what is considered a relatively lean and healthy diet in the U.S. to someone who's consuming that in France and what the effects are. And obviously, the best way to compare this is if you take your own body and experiment it in both countries, right? Because everybody's body is different. So it's not like I could just sit here and have a I'm going to call it just like a lean protein diet and I'm going to have that encompass chicken, fish, vegetables, fruit, complex carbs, right? We're we're just going to call that a lean protein diet. It's you can't take someone like me here in the US consuming that diet and compare it to, you know, Jane Doe in France who's having that diet as well and make a fair comparison because Jane and I could have totally different uh makeups of our body, right? DNA is different, our gut microbiome is different. There's so much that's different that it's not a fair you know, comparison. But I think it becomes more accurate or fair when you compare your own body in one setting versus another. And I've obviously been able to do that having lived in both countries. And I can tell you that in France, it's really easy to actually start losing weight if you are being health conscious and staying active than in the U.S., even if you're eating the same kind of foods. And furthermore, I would say that if you're in France and you're being a little bit extra indulgent and eating foods that you might not normally consume as a very healthy eater in America, you're not going to gain the weight that you would gain in the U.S. eating those foods. So for example, um, in the U.S., I actually don't drink that very, that often. I might have a glass of wine if I go out to eat with friends. Um, Every once in a while, I may have a very small glass at home if I have like my mom or sister over, Um, but it's not an every night thing for me and certainly not an everyday thing for me, but it's something that in France, I actually tend to almost have every day. And I say almost because, again, I don't typically drink when I'm alone, but because there are a lot of social opportunities in France, um, I definitely drink more there. I definitely have more cheese in France because in the U.S. I try pretty hard not to put cheese in my foods and typically like to reserve 
having cheese for instances where I'm hosting someone or I'm going over to someone's house and I'm having, um, you know, like a little bit of cheese off of a cheese board. Uh, if I have a burger, I do like to have cheese on my burger. But like I said, that's kind of it. Even as someone who loves Mexican food, I love my tacos like street tacos. I don't want cheese in them. Um, so, you know, I'm actually very conscious in the U.S. about my consumption of what I'm eating and, and how much. And in France, I'm just a lot more relaxed. It's a lot easier to be um, encountering some some good cheese there and be tempted to eat some. So the other thing, too, is I find that in France, I actually end up eating a little more red meat than I do in the States because I don't really buy red meat at home unless I'm doing a once in a blue moon beef bourguignon or something special like that. Um but in France, because I would eat out more at the cafes, it was more likely that I would end up ordering, you know, some lamb or or something with beef in it too. So all this to say that even consuming more indulgent things in France, I didn't gain weight. So um, that kind of gives you a little comparison. And I think what's interesting about this is the actual quality of the food that really makes a difference. When you talk to a lot of people, when they talk about the French diet, they talk about portion control and um, just their overall active lifestyles and the fact that they do have more fresh fruits and vegetables in their diet. And this is completely true when you compare overall French diet to overall American diet, you know, not necessarily the diet of the yoga loving, you know, cardio obsessed <laughs> fit Californian woman that I probably could see running down the beach any morning living here. Um, I'm not comparing her diet. I'm just saying the overall American diet versus French diet. You can see how there are so many different factors in the French diet that make it overall a better diet for staying healthy and fit. But again, if you go and you compare a healthy diet in both the US and France, I think France still comes out on top. I mean, just based off of some of like the statistics that we tend to have comparing the different, you know, um, rates of obesity and like I said, all the different diseases. But also based off my personal experience, of living in both countries and being like a healthy eater in both countries. And this really, the cool thing about this documentary on Netflix is it gets into a little bit about the quality of the animals that we're consuming and what they're eating and how they're being taken care of and how they're being produced. So obviously we have factory farming and then we have just the good old fashioned, basically like organic farming. And if you want to farm and produce cows that are consuming an organic diet and therefore you're producing organic meat, it's a lot more costly. It's, um requires a lot more land to do it and it takes a lot more time. And because we're a nation in the U.S. of wanting to produce a lot and wanting to produce it quickly and wanting to produce it cheaply, 
there's been a lot of uh, factory farming to come in and replace the good old fashioned way of doing things. And obviously, there are a lot of environmental uh, effects from that. I mean, one of the things that's covered in this documentary is just the destruction of the Amazon rainforest to contribute towards the uh, raising of factory farm uh, meat. And so I don't want to get too detailed into that because honestly, my knowledge is limited on that, but I think it's really eye-opening to see that and see how harmful it is. And obviously a lot of us know that the methane gas that's produced from all the cows that we have that have been produced to keep up with the demand of the world, really, but especially in the U.S., is affecting um, climate change and contributing to that. But um, not going into that, just looking from the standpoint of the quality of the meat or chicken that we're, we're producing, it's really scary to see the conditions in which these poor animals are raised and and then to see what they're fed it's it's honestly a little bit scarring i i mean and i'm not one to promote um any extreme diet like if you're vegan that's great if it works for you the reality is that most people are not going to become vegan um but what i think is fair is to make a more conscious effort to eat more plants and create a more plant-based diet. And I think that's totally realistic, even for someone like me who loves her chicken, meat, and fish. I love it. I love my eggs, but I want to make sure that I'm, you know, doing my part to, to help and also my part to maintain my health for as long as I can. And I think The great thing in France is that they do have a lot in place, a lot of restrictions in place to keep the farming practices and the actual produced food free from a lot of what, unfortunately, um, Americans have been exposed to, which, you know, are GMOs. Um, When you're talking about like dairy, it's things like IGF. Um, I think it's IGF-1 actually, uh, but also like in the meats too, you've got synthetic hormones and a lot of that is banned um, in the EU. I mean, the EU actually has banned like US meat. So because they think it's so bad um, and, and, you know, it's good. It's good for the consumer that they're doing this because as a consumer, you want to know that like, let's say you're a an amazing conscious consumer and you have a mostly plant-based diet, but you do like to eat chicken and meat from time to time. You want to know that when you are buying that chicken and meat, it's going to be the real deal and not filled with all these, you know, so-called extra processed ingredients. And that's how I personally feel when I go to the store, one of the things I really despise when I go to into a grocery store in the US is how hard I have to work to look at every label and make sure that, you know, the item is 
as close to the real thing as possible. And even then, I'm always very skeptical. Whereas in France, I never had that feeling. And I could always furthermore feel the effects of what I was eating, or I should say, um, not feel the effect of feeling really, you know, crappy and awful after eating a meal out, for example. In the US, I often leave a restaurant feeling not so great. <laughs> and I don't even eat very much. I'm I'm a small person, so I, I don't need very big portions, but just the small portions I do have leave me feeling a lot of times awful when I'm leaving a restaurant versus in France, I never feel like that. And I think it's just not fair that in the U.S. we don't have the quality that they do in France. I wish we did. But I think also I don't want to put all the blame on, you know, the the farmers, even the factory farmers, because the fact is that there are differences, too, in farming and how the U.S. supports their farmers and how the French support their farmers. In France, like many other things, the government is very supportive of small farmers. They want to make sure that they have like a level playing field to be able to compete with larger farmers. And so there's a lot of grants and subsidized support to those farmers to really make sure they're able to uh, support themselves to support the animals they have, be able to actually make a livelihood from it and do so without going into incredible debt. Whereas in the U.S., the help actually usually goes to factory farms or the bigger farmers. And uh, the truth is, is that even that help is sometimes done so with a strings attached sort of way where they have banks involved and a lot of debt. And so even if someone is factory farming and wants to get out of it, it they can't. They're, they're tied in. They're stuck. It's like a prison, a financial prison that they're in. And so it's really sad to see that. And I don't really know what the path forward is. My my only um, guess would be uh, for the Americans who can to be able to support organic foods. If even if that means, of course, organic meat, for example, is um, far more expensive than non-organic meat. But if that means we're eating less, I think that that's worth us doing that. The other thing is, is obviously I recognize that there are a lot of Americans who are in a position where they can't afford that. I mean, they can barely afford regular groceries, let alone organic groceries. And I think that unfortunately for those cases, it does require support from the system, from a higher, more powerful place. It's not left just in the individual's lap. But for those of us who are, um, I would say, like middle class or higher, who are in a position to choose, I think we should be choosy. I know for myself, I've really made a conscious effort in the past year to really be cognizant of how much um, animal products I am consuming, especially, like I said, in the U.S., uh, I am a big believer of moderation. I 
I mean, I really don't think I would ever give up cheese or meat or chicken, eggs, any of that. But what I can be more aware of is how I can get more creative with my meals to um, really bulk up on, uh, like I said, grains, fruits, um, whole grains, uh, beans, legumes, right? All of that and make the animal product side just a little bit smaller because the reality is, is that we've had, we've been eating animals for ages and ages, but it's just never been in the excess that it has now. And so uh, I just wanted to kind of have a discussion about that, some food for thought, (laughs) um, so to speak. And uh, if you haven't seen the documentary, I think it's knowing going into it that there is a bias, but I think it is just interesting, especially to see what factory farming entails and how that affects the earth um, is really eye-opening and good to see, but also just make you think about the actual quality of food. Because like I said, we're always talking about these factors of uh, portion size and making sure you're getting your steps in and, um, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables, eat less sugar. This is all true and it's all good and all contributes to healthier diet. But also we have to get a little more strict about the actual quality of the foods. You know, even if you're having, for example, strawberries, it's a fruit, it's good for you, right? But if you're not buying organic, chances are there's a ton of pesticides on that. And just doing more research about what does that mean and how does that affect our body? I'm by no means an expert. I don't claim to be, but all I can do is use my own personal experience, use a little bit of common sense and do my effort to to put in more research and pay attention. And I think at the end of the day, if you think to yourself, well, what's the point? You know, I think at the end, even if nothing else comes of it, you're caring about your own life and your own health. And that is to me worth it for sure. So I hope you guys found this episode interesting. If you have any thoughts or anything that you can offer to this discussion, I would love to hear it. Feel free to message me. I love talking about this stuff. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll chat soon. 